What are experts saying about the moves that the Cardinals made this week, specifically the trade of Jack Flaherty to the Orioles? This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and comment. Make sure you're interacting with us. Hit the notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode being brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On. And you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. The trade deadline is over. We made it. We got through it. It was a busy week for the Cardinals who made four trades with three different clubs. And none of the trades really came as a surprise. At least they shouldn't have to uh, Cardinal fans who, who watch this show or listen to this podcast. The Cardinals are one of the busiest teams at the deadline with these moves, were any of them earth-shattering moves like the Mets fire sale, shipping out two former Cy Young Award winners and Max Scherzer and uh, Justin Verlander? No, no, they were not. Uh, these were not the guys that the Cardinals had in their possession <laughs> to trade away. But these were important moves for a franchise that is in a state of flux right now after years and years uh, of consistent success, doing things their way, doing it the Cardinal way. This year, it all blew up in their face, and they've admitted as much. And some important decisions had to be made following the epic failure that has been the 2023 season. Uh, we had you know, discussions about whether or not Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt were going to be traded. Um, did we need to get rid of guys like Nolan Gorman? Would Jordan Walker be moved at some point for anybody? Um, those are the kind of decisions they had to, had to think about. President of Baseball Operations John Mozalak has been adamant about reassessing the way that the team looked at their pitching staff and did exactly what he said he was going to do at this trade deadline. He went out and got a haul of new arms plus a couple of position players that now bolsters their farm system. Four of the prospects that they acquired immediately went into the team's top 10 of prospect rankings at MLB Pipeline. I feel like that's a pretty good pretty good thing to do. Uh, 21-year-old pitcher, Takoa Roby, acquired from Texas, is now the number four overall prospect in their system, leapfrogging former first-round picks Cooper Jerpy and Michael McGreevy, who are now number five and number seven, respectively. Uh, Roby currently rehabbing. So he's, he's not ready to pitch uh, competitively just yet, but all signs point that he will be back at some point this season. 21-year-old pitcher Sam Robertson acquired from Toronto, comes in at number six, passing McGreevy. He'll be at Memphis. Then we get the two infielders, which wasn't a position that I, I really thought that the Cardinals would be targeting just because I thought everything was going to be aimed at pitching. But um, 
at the same time, if you do plan on using guys like Tommy Edmond, Brandon Donovan, or even Nolan Gorman to acquire a starting pitcher or pitchers in the offseason, then you need to have some depth up the middle. You know Mason Wynn's coming. You know he's going to be your shortstop. They're not moving him. But one of those other three guys, possibilities, depending on what you can get. So uh, 21-year-old Thomas Sujasi, acquired from Texas, slides in at number eight on the list. He batted third and went one for three with a walk and a run scored in his debut with Springfield last night. They ended up winning eight to two. Uh, 24-year-old Cesar Prieto, acquired from Baltimore, is in at number nine. He'll be at Memphis. Uh, the other remaining assets that they got landing in the top 30 were 22-year-old pitcher Adam Klofenstein, acquired from Toronto. He's at number 22. He's going to Memphis. Uh, 19-year-old pitcher Zach Showalter, acquired from Baltimore. At number 23, he's going to High A Palm Springs. And then 23-year-old pitcher Drew Rahm, also acquired from Baltimore, is at number 26. He's going to Memphis. Uh, 24-year-old relief pitcher Matt Svonson, acquired from Toronto. He does not crack the top 30. He'll be headed to A Springfield. And then you had John King, who is with the Cardinals and just pitched last night against Minnesota through a shutout inning. Gave up a hit, but a shutout inning. The uh, confusing part to me here was the was the switching in the rankings of the two Baltimore pitchers. Okay, this was a little odd to me. I'm talking about Rom and Showalter. Now, Rom was ranked number 18 in the Orioles organization, who have one of the best farm systems in all of baseball. That's undeniable while Showalter was actually unranked. He was not in the top 30 with Baltimore. Yet after the trade yesterday, Rom slides in at number 26. So he goes back rankings-wise when he gets to St. Louis, and then Showalter comes flying up to number 23. I know this year Rom has had some control issues and his numbers weren't great this season, has had a lot of success until this year. So it's not like he's some lost cause and we're getting somebody who's on the, on a downward spiral. I think that, you know, there's probably some things that need to be tweaked when it comes to what he's doing, because uh, he relies on his uh, accuracy and that, that has been an issue this year. But I just kind of found that interesting that after the trade is made, all of a sudden they make a switch. Maybe that's something MLB pipeline was waiting, waiting to do after all these trades went down for, for all of their prospects. Maybe that's, that's something they were planning on doing. I don't know, but I just thought that was interesting. Um, ben Hotchman at stltoday.com did a write-up about Rom, and this is what he had to say. At 23 years old, Rom is a lefty with a highly touted slider. He fared well in 2022 with AA, 7-2, 4.37 ERA, 101 strikeouts in just 82 and a third's innings, along with just 29 walks. He was promoted, started seven games at Class AAA Norfolk in 2022, 4.54 ERA. This year has been uneven. His bloated ERA, similar to Flaherty's, is due to some extremely bad starts. One night against the Charlotte Knights, he allowed eight runs, and Rahm allowed six runs in each of three other starts, including a game at Memphis. On May 25th, Jordan Walker walked and singled in two plate appearances against Rahm. He had another, he had one other start allowing five runs, another allowing four. Thus, that means that 13 of his 19 starts, he's allowed three runs or fewer, and he has exactly 100 strikeouts at 86 innings, but 46 walks allowed. Rom will return to Memphis to pitch for the Redbirds. That August rotation will serve as the early primary in the 2024 race for the rotation in St. Louis. It's possible that one of the prospects from these trades could be a starter for St. Louis next year, but the class AAA pitcher acquired for Jack Flaherty sure doesn't seem like the front runner. 
So not exactly a ringing endorsement for Rom. Now, Mo said this about him, okay? Mo, obviously, is going to put things in a brighter light. He just got these guys. Of course, he thinks they look good, and he wants them to, to sound good. So here's what Mo said about Rom. I think the most important thing is his ability to go pole to pole, durability. But we were also, frankly, just very excited about his ability to strike people out and just have success. And so that just fits in with what we are looking to do. Obviously, you're not going to find a top 10 prospect when you're trading for these types of things, unless there's massive amounts of money involved or something. And I think that's uh, something that a lot of fans didn't realize. And not everybody studies and is a super nerd into what the Cardinals do when it comes to prospects like us, or I should just say me, you know, paying attention and uh, to, to details about each and every one of these guys that they just traded for. Because I've seen plenty of comments with people upset on the return that the Cardinals got for specifically Jack Flaherty. And I tried to warn you. I really did. If you're a casual fan, I tried to temper your expectations because the guys that the Cardinals were moving are what we call rental players. All right, guys that may not be with the teams they just got traded to past the season. So essentially, they could be there for a couple of months and then they're gone again. So you aren't going to get a team's top guys in return for them. The, the one trade that I saw that was very odd to me uh, yesterday at the deadline was Philly trading their number five overall prospect to Detroit for uh, Michael Lorenzen, who is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Now, I don't know much about the guy that they had as their, their number five prospect. Maybe he's somebody who is blocked by other people in the organization. I, I really didn't look into it too much. But when you see somebody who's top five in an organization, you're like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. But that was a deal they made. They decided that he was worth getting giving up to get Michael Lorenzen, and they made the deal. But let's be honest, uh, guys like Flaherty, Montgomery, Hicks, DeYoung, these are not all-star players. Michael Lorenzen was an all-star this year for Detroit. I mean, you have to send somebody, <laughs> but, you know, Monty is having a good season, but he, but he doesn't have the pedigree of, you know, guys like Scherzer and Verlander who have won multiple Cy Young awards. And when you trade those guys, you can ask for top prospects, which is, you know, what the Mets got back for uh, Justin Verlander from Houston. And they got, well, I think it was the number 11 prospect back from uh, the Rangers. I think that's what it was for Max Scherzer. You, you you can't trade lunch meat for steak, okay? That's not how it normally works. They ultimately did not make a deal involving Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, Tommy Edmond, Brennan Donovan, Alec Burleson. These are guys that have years of control still, okay? And they would have been able to command higher prospects or even major league players in return if they decided to put a package together and move them. They didn't do that. It didn't work out. They either didn't like the deals or didn't want to trade them right now. That's going to have to wait until the offseason. Now, I would imagine somebody in that grouping will get shipped out during the offseason at some point. At some point. I'm not saying it's a 100% legit thing going to happen, but it's likely. But personally, I'm glad they were able to get what I, I deem a nice haul of talent in return for guys that, first off, weren't going to help you win this year. This season's already toast and guys who want to test free agency. Again, you can't blame them for trying to get as much money and as many years as they can get from whatever team is willing to pay for them. I, I don't blame them whatsoever. They've earned that right by playing in the league long enough to hit free agency. Does what they did this year, 
like here at the deadline is what the Cardinals just did set them up for success in 2024. Not really, not really. Not, not, not many of these guys are going to infiltrate your roster next season, at least not in huge, meaningful ways. Now, sure, somebody could surprise you and, and make a bigger impact than I think they're going to next season. But not, but n- the odds aren't great, you know, it, 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 but it helps beyond that. And it opens up spots for somebody like Mason Wynn to come up this year and get some work at the major league level to make trades this offseason, either using these guys you just acquired or other prospects that are already in your system to trade for some other major league ready talent to, to get that starting pitch into that bullpen that this team will need. Mo's work is certainly not done. Okay. Again, this is just the beginning of things. It's, it, he's not done by a long shot, but I believe these moves were a step in the right direction. Okay. None of these guys are superstars or expected to be superstars, but the guys you traded away aren't superstars either. So why would you think that you're going to get top 100 prospects, you know, back in deals for these guys who were rental players? Okay. Just want to point that out to you. So how do others feel about the Jack Flaherty trade? Well, one publication isn't thrilled about the return. I'm going to tell you all about that next coming up on Locked on Cardinals. Want to win 100 times your money on Daily Fantasy Baseball? You can do that. The Sleeper app is something you should be checking out because it's a fantasy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. They are now offering up to a 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests um, tonight with the Cardinals taking on Minnesota. Do you think that somebody on the Cardinals is going to do really well? Arenado. O'Neal finally hit a home run last night. Is this going to is this going to start him with the, the, the power display that, that we've seen in the past before? Uh, will Nolan Gorman be back in the lineup tonight? I don't know. He's, he's still dealing with the back issue. But um, any of those guys, if you want to bet on them, you can at Sleeper. On Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories. I mentioned home runs, but you can go pitching if you want to do that as well. Uh, Dakota Hudson set to start tonight. Strikeouts. Uh, you can bet on hits, stolen bases. Get your picks right, win big. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. Safe and fast withdrawals. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match. If you're looking on YouTube right now, I'm showing you uh, some of the screenshots uh, of what the app looks like so that you're a little bit more familiar with it if you decide to uh, get in on the Sleeper app. But it's 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 there for you. Use the knowledge. Use the knowledge we give you to make yourself some money. Use that promo code locked on. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. The Cardinals battle the Twins tonight. You can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. As usual, leave the comments on YouTube, on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Your feedback is always welcome and encouraged. And you don't have to agree with everything I say. You can go up against me. That's fine. I never said I know everything. Uh, But it's good to have discussion amongst Cardinal fans. And I've seen a lot of that. 
uh, going on in the comments section where some people have an opinion, others disagree, they go back and forth, we come to a mutual agreement, then we just want to see the Cardinals win. <laughs> it's where we want it to be. Uh, so the Jack Flaherty deal was the biggest one made on Tuesday for the Cardinals. Okay, Paul DeYoung, great, but Flaherty was obviously the big one. And I want to focus on that trade here in segment two. Uh, Eric Longenhagen, I think is how he pronounces his name, but Fangraphs wrote this about the guys that the Cardinals got in return. Uh, first, we'll talk about Cesar Prieto. All right, here's what he says. Prieto can actually hit. His short levers make him extremely difficult to beat in the strike zone, and he can let the baseball travel deep before striking it the other way, generating doubles, power, pole to pole. His big issue is his propensity to chase, which he did at a 36% clip in 2022 and at a 40% rate so far in 2023, hindering the quality of his contact as well as his ability to reach base. But lefty sticks who make this much contact 91% as of the trade tend to carve out some kind of role, especially if they can play multiple positions. He's a below average infield athlete, presents a stiff, non-traditional look at both second and third base. He also plays shortstop, but that is not something he's remotely capable of doing at the big league level. I think the Eric Sogard comp I've had on him since his amateur days still holds water. He's a flawed part-time player, but guys who can hit like this tend to play for a long time. Again, not exactly a ringing endorsement <laughs> of uh, what what this particular guy at Fangraphs thinks about Cesar Prieto. Again, he's hitting 349 this year over stops at AA and AAA. So it's not like the guy can't stick. And I also want to remind you guys that, you know, when it comes to the ranking of prospects, Brendan Donovan and like Lars Newpar, they were not highly touted prospects either, but they progress, they get better as they move towards the major leagues. And now you're looking at two guys that the Cardinals don't want to get rid of whatsoever in Brendan Donovan and Lars Newpar. So just keep that in mind. Um, I watched a lot of video of Prieto overnight. And um, honestly, the guy he reminds me of is Brendan Donovan. Just the type of swing that he has. Um, I think he offers a little more pop than Donovan, but I guess Donovan was getting to that, to that more powerful area this year so that's what he looks like to me on tape but um i don't know we'll see what we'll, we'll see what happens uh on rom here's what he has to say about mr rom who apparently did i cut off his head in the in this video well i don't know anyway on the photo there on rom he says the other player who should provide a quick turnaround is Rom an overslot 11th round high schooler from the 2018 draft who has slowly climbed through the minors with a cutting low 90s fastball, especially when he was very young? He looked like he had a chance to break out if he could throw harder as he matured. That hasn't really happened, and he's still sitting mostly 90-92, but his fastball still punches above its weight, and he's managed to strike out more than a batter per inning throughout his pro career. While that likely won't continue at the big league level because his stuff isn't nasty enough, he throws enough strikes with his four pitches, if you count his four-seamer and sinker as two different offerings, to project as a depth starter. Again, not, whoa, he's going to be the ace of your staff at some point. No, and he's clearly got some work to do because uh, things have regressed this year for Rom. But if the Cardinals didn't see something they liked in him, they wouldn't have traded for him, obviously. So maybe they see something there that they can fix and put him back on the trajectory that he was on where he was very successful in the minors. And then finally, 
Let's talk about Zach Showalter. Here's what they say about him. Another overslot 11th round high schooler to round out the Cardinals return. It took a $440,000 bonus to buy him out of his commitment to USF after last summer's draft. And he has made a strong pro debut, generated some scout buzz during extended spring training, then made only a few complex starts before being promoted to full season ball a little over a month before the deadline. Showalter works usually three or four innings per outing and sits 93-95 with uphill angle and tail. His delivery is of the open striding drop and drive variety. He keeps his arm action very short and tucked close to his body as he motors toward the plate. It helps keep his release consistent and allows him to hide the baseball well. But he isn't a fantastic athlete and lacks balance over his landing leg, which is often an indication of relief risk. I'm not yet ready to toss him on the main section of the updated Cardinals prospect list, but he's a solid, low-level arm with a mean outcome of a fastball slider reliever. As a return for Jack Flaherty, who looked like one of the better pitchers in the ENL for a little while, it feels light. This is where he's talking about the, the overall trade. He says it feels light, but for the recently vanilla free agent to be Jack Flaherty, it makes sense for St. Louis to have received a few lesser prospects. And again, I, I don't think the Cardinals were able to command anything in the top 10. Uh, I saw an article talking about how Baltimore was happy they were able to keep their, their top prospects and still land somebody like a Jack Flaherty. Um, you know, everyone rates prospects differently. And maybe the Cardinals see something in Ramen Show Walter that others don't, or perhaps they become complete busts. It, it could happen and never amount to anything. It happens a lot where these trades, I mean, how many times have the Cardinals traded prospects to go get legit major league players, and then those prospects do almost nothing <laughs> for those other teams? So it's certainly a risk. Only time will tell. Now, one publication considers the Cardinals winners at the trade deadline. We're going to talk about that next on Locked on Cardinals. The crew over at The Athletic did their breakdown of deadline winners and losers. Um, so we're going to get to that here in just a second. First, a reminder, the Cardinals are back at Bush Stadium tonight to face the Minnesota Twins. You can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Uh, Steven Nesbitt has the Redbirds in the winners category, saying this about the uh, team's moves at the trade deadline. Had the Cardinals traded Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado, the near-future fortunes of this ball club would obviously feel different. Instead, fans can look forward to a 2024 season in which St. Louis expects to be back in the race and reloading for another run. It's entirely plausible. Look around the NL Central and tell me they're miles away from a talent perspective. They aren't. And they took some steps forward at this trade deadline in exchange for Henesis Cabrera, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Montgomery, Chris Stratton, Paul DeYoung, and Jack Flaherty. The Cardinals replenished their top 30 prospect list with a smattering of interesting prospects, most of them pitchers who should be able to better the big league club before long. It didn't feel as if there was much more to be squeezed from these returns. They got good value for good ball players on mostly expiring contracts, and they did so without dealing Goldie or Arenado. All things considered, that's a win in my book. I agree with him. That That's my sentiment on all of these deals. Once again, none of these moves are mind-blowing or like, oh my gosh, did the Cardinals fleece Texas or Baltimore or Toronto? That's not the case. Uh, it seems like a very win-win situation for all of the trades involved. Um, 
fixing what the Cardinals' issues are for next season, that's going to be taken care of in the offseason, in free agency, with trades. Uh, free agency is going to be huge for the Cardinals this year. Uh, they're going to have to excel in that area to land some starting pitching and bullpen help to, to fix this pitching staff, which was the main problem this year. I mean, they've got major, major holes now in the starting rotation. I mean, all you got really is Michaelis. Are you banking on Steven Matz to do what he's been doing over his last few starts? You hope he can do that. But this is the same guy that was 0-7 and in the bullpen after the first couple of months of this year. And he's always had injury issues. Dakota Hudson, are we, are we going back there again? We're going we're gonna to bank on him to be one of your starters coming up in 2024? I should hope not. I should hope not. You've got guys like Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Julio Rios, Lucas Giolito. Sonny Gray, Martin Perez, Clayton Kershaw is a free agent. Is he leaving the Dodgers? Probably not. Uh, Lance Lynn, former Cardinal. Yoshi Yamamoto from Japan, superstar from over there. Those are some of the names that will be available. Others have opt-out capabilities in their contracts. Uh, there's player and team options that obviously have to be figured out whether or not those certain people are coming back. But there's a decent amount of starting pitching that's going to be available. Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer said to be a free agent. Could you get Max Scherzer to come home and finish off his career in St. Louis, St. Louis guy, and then pair him with, you know, a Blake Snell and a Lance Lynn. Is that something that could happen? I, I don't know. Is that enough to win? Is that enough to take over the NL central again? I don't know, but grabbing two of those kind of guys, which won't be cheap by the way, to pair with Michaelis, Matt's, Matthew Libertor, hopefully he finally becomes the guy we want him to be, plus whatever the Cardinals are able to pull off on the trade market. That's how they're going to get back to contending again in 2024 and putting this season in the rearview mirror. The bullpen's going to need some pieces at it as well. They lost again last night, 3-2. to two. They are now 9-22 and 22 in one-run games, which is crazy. That's tied with Oakland who barely has a major league team on the field anymore for the most one-run losses in the league. You turn that stat around and cut down on all these blown saves that they've had this year, and you're right back in this thing. I know it's easier said than done, but that's the job. That's their job. And that's what they're going to have to do this offseason. Again, thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast for the series against the Twins with SiriusXM on the SXM map. Just search Cardinals. Dakota Hudson will get the ball tonight against Joe Ryan for the Twins. First pitch set for 645 St. Louis time. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time. Unlocked on Cardinals.